Today we are celebrating the coming of Christ, and we will through the rest of the season of Advent. And when we speak about the coming of Christ, we're talking about God. I want to remind you of something um, that sometimes we forget. If you live in our contemporary world, you may be living in a place where belief in God is not ordinary. I don't know what your circumstances, don't know where you work, but what is characteristic of the 20th and 21st century at least is that there is a large group of people that are skeptical concerning God's existence. What I want to remind you of is this. That is abnormal historically. It's abnormal. Because for the history of humanity, more often than not, cultures have believed in God. Now, of course, there's varying degrees to which their belief in God affected them and a variety of ideas concerning God or the gods whether one or many. But what's common, if you take a look at the history of religions in our world, is that frequently, if not exclusively, most religions considered God or the gods to be mighty, to be powerful, to be above or out there. Sometimes God or the gods were considered to be the judge or the ruler of humanity. The God or the gods were seen exclusively under what we could call sovereignty, above or transcendent. That was common concerning God or the gods. What was distinctively uncommon are these things. God wasn't viewed as gentle and kind. God was not, for the most part, viewed as humble. God was above it all. Why would he be humble? All things existed in God or in the gods. What was really unnatural, was to consider God as a friend. Yes, atheism, it's an anomaly. Because historically, most people believed in God. But what is uncommon to most people's understanding of God historically, until the Christian religion dawns on humanity, is the notion that God is humble, and God is gentle, and God is kind, and God is our friend. Those concepts became especially real when Jesus Christ entered the world. As a matter of fact, in the passage today that is read, 
we actually see the unfolding of that idea. Not in the name of Jesus, but the church looks at Isaiah 40 and a variety of passages from the prophets as predicting the coming of Jesus and saying something about the nature of God. What you'll notice in the passage that was read during our Advent candle lighting is that there's two concepts in the passage. And two concepts that we routinely think of when we think of God. The first concept is transcendent. That God is out there, beyond. Routinely when people worship, where do they put their hands? In the air, extended up, not only exalting God, but in some measure with that action, making a statement that God is above. God is transcendent. God is mighty. And that's certainly true of worship across the world, not just in a Christian context, but you see it, of course, in a Christian context. God stands above time and space and our our contemporary reality. But there's something else that's in the passage read just a little bit ago. It is actually what theologians call eminence. Now, uh, can I geek out on words for a minute here? A lot of people, when they hear the word imminent, they don't think of the theological or philosophical term of imminent. And actually, when you think of imminent in a different way than the one that I'm describing, you're actually thinking of imminent as at any moment, right? It is imminent that so-and-so is about to arrive. That kind of imminence actually is a different spelling. And spell check probably won't help you out much if you're writing because it won't know which one you're trying to use. Imminent, which means right in front of you, almost there, is spelled with two I's. I am M. Imminent. The imminence that I'm talking about is spelled with an A instead of an I. And that eminence, or to be eminent in this idea, means to be personally present. Or to be actually in the thing itself. So, I told you I wanted to geek out for a minute. If you are to study constitutional law, somewhere along the way, you will hear a reference that goes something like this. That justice is eminent in the Constitution. What is meant by that? It means that in the Constitution itself, the idea of justice is embedded. It's there. It's present. So when we speak of the imminence of God in Jesus Christ, we're speaking of God's real presence because of Jesus Christ. We're saying, in another way, that God is not just transcendent. He's eminently personal. God is right here, right now. And the right here, right now-ness of God is perfectly demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Because in Jesus Christ, as the New Testament scriptures say, 
when Mary hears the announcement concerning Jesus, it's Emmanuel, God with us. Not just God transcendent, but God in our midst. Let me read you the passage once more. Two verses in the passage where you see transcendence and imminence. First, the exiles are said to go to a high mountain and shout and not be afraid because God is there. And verse 10 says, see, the sovereign Lord comes with power and rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. That's transcendence. And then he shifts quickly to these words. That mighty arm, that powerful transcendent God, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs into his arms and carries them close to his heart. And he gently leads those who have young. This God who is almighty and powerful and transcendent is the same God who leads gently those who have young, who enters the reality of time and space and becomes God with us. Or to put it in the words of Paul in Philippians chapter 2, this God that we call the second person of the Trinity, the triune God in Jesus Christ, that God, who being in very nature God, in the incarnation, in very nature God, did not consider equality with God, transcendence, to be something worthy of grasping and hanging on to. God in the person of Jesus Christ said, I don't have to live just in that reality. But instead, instead of grasping his nature as God, he transcended. He came down and he entered into flesh and became one of us. And so we have songs that reflect this. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I'm his own. Why? Because God is with us. He's imminent among us. I wonder, as I thought about this passage, where each of you are in your understanding of God. Is he almighty, powerful, Someone to actually be feared? Or he is a friend? Is he a person that's right next to you? Walking with you? Comforting you? Well, we want to emphasize he's both. It's a beautiful Synthesis. 
an almighty God who is also our personal friend. Maybe, maybe just maybe, it's easier for you to believe in that God who's big and mighty and powerful. But maybe it's harder for you to accept him in the person of Jesus Christ. Maybe, just maybe, it's because you struggle with love. Maybe you think to be loved means to deserve it. Here's what the message of Christmas tells us. We don't deserve to be loved, but we're loved anyway. And it is our responsibility to open our hearts to the love of a sovereign, almighty, powerful God who wants to carry us close to his heart. Will you pray with me? Lord, we're so grateful um, that you revealed yourself in the person of Jesus Christ. We find ourselves to be historically people of privilege. People who understand something deeply about God that others could only imagine. Of course, in the Scriptures that were delivered to us before you came in, in the Old Testament, there were, there were shadows of this. David described you as a good shepherd. Words like love and mercy were associated even with the righteous almighty God. But when you came in the person of Jesus Christ, you made it absolutely clear what those images meant. They meant that you are among us. They meant that you love us. They meant that you walk with us. And they meant that you invite us into relationship with you as almighty God and friend. So Lord, help us to open our hearts to love this year in a way perhaps that we have not before. To not allow the severity of God to eclipse the love of God. And help us, Lord, once again to receive your love by faith. In the name of Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen.